On today's show, the Yankees dropped game one of the ALCS to the Astros, which isn't surprising, but the way they dropped the game is surprising. We'll discuss. We'll preview game two, and I have some thoughts about umpires, because boy, are they having a time in the playoffs. All that next on a brand new Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a lapsed baseball writer turned podcast host, and I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're getting closer and closer to 1,500 subscribers, which is exciting. Hit the thumbs up button to like our videos, comment, and click the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So the Yankees lost game one, which isn't surprising. I went into last night just, I don't know. I thought they were going to lose anyway. I really did. <laughs> and I know some people are probably thinking, you should have confidence in your team. I, it's not that. It's just I had a feeling that they weren't going to win. But I didn't think that they were going to lose the way that they lost because there is a common theme in all three losses so far during the playoffs Aaron Boone and the offense but Aaron Boone and his bullpen decision making yeah oh okay if you had told me early yesterday that the Yankees and Astros would have been tied going into the bottom of the sixth inning 1-1, I would have been thrilled because that means that Jamison Tyone only gave up one run, which is what happened last night because that was my concern. My concern was Jamison Tyone, because he gave up a bunch of runs to them on June 23rd, would have a game similar to the game on June 23rd. He did not. Now, the problem is Aaron Boone left him in too long, he left Clark Schmidt in too long. He didn't leave Lou Trevino in long enough. He brought Frankie Montas in for some unknown reason, and he hadn't pitched in a while, which is, you know, it's the perfect time to bring a guy who's normally a starter in as a reliever in game one of the ALCS. And I have nothing bad to say about Miguel Castro. He was fine. But those other decisions, I swear, once Clark Schmidt induced that double play to end the inning, Boone should have counted his blessings and been like, good job. Okay, that's enough. But no, no. Why would he do that? No, he had to press his luck again with Clark Schmidt. <laughs> and it came back to bite him in the rear end and bite us all in the rear end. Trevino, seven pitches, gets two outs, doesn't come back into the game. Explain this to me. Explain it. Someone has to explain it to me because I don't get it. And the Montas decision, because he gives up a home run, makes it 4-1. The game was winnable at that point before all the bad bullpen decisions were made. 
the offense has Justin Verlander on the ropes like three different times. Can't get anything done. Although it doesn't help that the ump was also helping Justin Verlander by giving him strikes well off the plate. There were seven called strikes that were true balls last night. One was for Clark Schmidt. Guess who the rest were for? So everyone gushing over Justin Verlander's 11 strikeouts need to look at baseball savant and think, oh, yeah, he was helped just a little bit, just a little bit by home plate umpire Mike Muchelinski. And it's hard to get the offense going when the home plate umpire's zone changes. And this is all across baseball, not just last night, all throughout the season, you find when you're watching a game that the umps' zones change from the early innings to the latter innings. Sometimes they get bigger, and sometimes they become minuscule. And I don't understand why this happens or how this happens. The other thing is no two umpires have the same zone, which is kind of why they want to do the automated strike zone, which they've been testing out with the minors. Because how do you expect hitters to be consistent when one ump will call a, um, a pitch a strike at your shin and another one will call a pitch at your shin a ball because that's what it is. Then there are times when the ump will call a ball a strike to one side and then the same half inning call that same pitch a ball. And it's like, what, what is happening? Now, I know it's not that easy to be a major league umpire, especially these days with guys throwing 100. <laughs> throwing 100 with crazy movement. I mean, I know it can't be easy. But I feel like the K-zone is making it so they look so much worse at their jobs. And sites like Baseball Savant is making it seem or making it known that they're not that good at their job. And it's getting to the point now where we all look at who is assigned to these playoff series to see if we notice any familiar names. Now, at least we were spared Angel Hernandez. But I'm not sure if he's worked a series yet, and I'm afraid he's going to be in the World Series. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it might not be a problem for the Yankees, because if they keep not hitting, they're not going to make the World Series. But I would really hope that he wouldn't be in the World Series. And this brings up what I mentioned in the opener. How do they pick the umps for these series? Does anyone know? Because I need to know. I need to know. So in a moment, we're going to talk about this because I have some numbers for you that'll make you, I don't know, they might make you livid. Maybe not. But first, I don't wear dress shirts, obviously. But if you wear a dress shirt, you know how annoying it is to have to, you know, sometimes you go to work, you're all dressed up and you have to go somewhere afterwards. And by the time you get there, you're stinky, you're wrinkly, and you just don't look good. And the dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention. And Roan stepped up to the challenge. They have a commuter shirt and it's the most comfortable, breathable, flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. It has four-way stretch fabric that provides breathability and flexibility, and it leaves you to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. 
It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. And with Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. Now that's good because I know that dry cleaning bills pile up. And if you don't have to use the dry cleaner, it's better for you. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So head to roan.com slash locked on and use our promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Thanks again for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Subscribe now to Locked On Yankees on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notified when each episode premieres. I don't know how they pick umpires. I It feels like they use a hat, put names in it, shake it up, and just pick them. There's no rhyme or reason to this. Because tonight's umpire, who's going to be behind the plate, DJ Rayburn... <laughs> according to ump scorecards was ranked 71st out of 96 umpires in accuracy this season that's exactly who you want behind the plate in game two of the alcs right is it like a round robin thing do they just i don't I don't understand how they pick the umpires. I don't understand how someone who is ranked 71st out of 96 is able to be behind the plate of a championship game, championship series game. He shouldn't be behind the plate at a little league game at this rate. He shouldn't be within a 500 mile radius of a little league game with that kind of accuracy. This frightens me for tonight. It frightens me. And you should be frightened too. (laughs) I'm going to calm down now. Because again, it's not always the umpire's fault, you know, when the offense is swinging away at balls. But if you make a call that impacts in at bat and say, instead of a 2-1 count, in favor of the batter, it becomes a 1-2 count in favor of the pitcher, that can really change how the batter is approaching that at bat. That makes sense, right? If you watch baseball, this all makes sense to you. And I don't understand how they could put guys like this on the crew for a championship series with all eyes on you. These are nationally televised games. You have millions of eyes watching you do your job poorly. Again, at least we were spared Angel Hernandez and C.B. Buckner. Thank goodness. And Joe West retired, so we don't have to worry about him anymore. But it's gotten to the point now where I see these crews and I recognize guys' names because of things that they've done to the Yankees, either this season, last season. There are a few guys whose names I know. And if you know an umpire's name, it's never for a good reason. We shouldn't really know any of these guys, but we do because of bad calls that were made, because of ejections that they've had. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's not always good. It's not always a good thing. And the other thing about tonight's umpire is he's called four games for Houston at home in which he's favored them, and it's led to two wins. He has umpired one road game for the Yankees in which he favored the Yankees, but they didn't win that game. <laughs> so even when the ump is helping them, they can't win. How does that happen? I don't know. This scares me. It scares me a lot. Um, so just be on the lookout for that. Just be on the lookout for DJ Rayburn's strike zone and how he calls everything tonight. And we'll see how it is compared to Mike Muchlinski. I think that's how you say his last name, who was the home plate umpire last night. All right, enough about the umpires, because I'm just going to go off and we can't have me going off. I need to stay calm. This is why you watch my show, because I'm usually level-headed. I don't get too angry about things. Usually. There are some times when I do, but I try to be as level-headed as possible. But last night set me off. It really, I was set off so much last night between Boone and the umpire and the offense not being able to capitalize on Verlander being on the ropes. The Mariners were able to capitalize on that. Every other team is able to capitalize on that, but the Yankees are not. Great. Oh, the other fun thing. Um, it looks like Sunday might be a rainout. So just be on the lookout for that. It looks like another horrible, northeast, rainy, stormy day. So be on the lookout for that. That might actually help the Yankees, but you never know. Um, because it's tonight, off day, and then off day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right? And then I believe there's no off day between game five and six. Because why would there be an off day? Oh, right, the lockout. The owners made this the way it is because they didn't want the World Series extending into mid-November. So they decided to get rid of off days when you need them and add off days when you don't need them, like in the Division Series between Games 1 and 2. <laughs> I will never let that go. I will be 90 years old if I make it that old. I will be 90 years old and blaming, or not blaming, complaining about the 2022 division series having the off day between games one and two. It'll be 2064 and I'll be ranting about it. And the nurses at the nursing home will be like, what, what, what is happening here? What Yankees? Why is this person talking about the Yankees and why are they talking about 2022? That's what's going to happen. So in a moment, we're going to preview tonight's matchup. Will it matter? Will it matter? with the umpire who's going to be behind the plate, I, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out in a moment. Okay, so tonight's matchup is Luis Severino against Framber Valdez. Severino has a 4.76 ERA in one postseason start, does not have the decision, obviously, because it was Saturday's game, six strikeouts. Framber Valdez doesn't have a decision. I believe he pitched in the 18-inning the, uh, game, right? Yes, I, I'm assuming it was the 18-inning game. He's, his ERA in the playoffs is 3.18. He also had six strikeouts. I'm not worried about Severino. Severino likes to step things up in the playoffs, and I'm comfortable with him on the mound. And I like the way this is set up. Sevi tonight, 
I believe Cole Cortez Saturday, Sunday. That's how it would probably work out. Right, because that's, yeah. I like how this is working out. I would like for the Yankees to win tonight and make it easier for them <laughs> when they get home and more comfortable for them when they get home because having a split is a lot better than being down 0-2. So we'll see what happens tonight. I'm not worried about Seve. I'm worried about the offense against Valdez and whoever comes into the game after him. They need to get things going. They need to stop relying on the home run, and they need to hit the damn ball. Hit some singles, guys. Just reach out and poke the ball. The Padres are able to do it. They executed a hit and run last night that was so perfect. I was so envious of it. <laughs> Austin Nola was facing his brother. I think it was like the, I want to say it was the fifth inning. When did the Padres do all the scoring? Because I was going back and forth between the two games. Kim was on first. Kim starts running. Nola hits the ball to right field. By the time the right fielder gets it, Kim is pretty much almost home because he was just chugging around the bases. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And there are guys who can run on the Yankees. We just need guys who can make more contact on the Yankees. Because when you have Josh Donaldson going up and not even swinging the bat for two straight at-bats, three pitches, striking out on three pitches in two at-bats. How is that even possible? Just swing. What are you doing? What? He is lost at the plate. And if it wasn't for his defense, the Yankees would really have no reason to play him. And honestly, at this point, I think I'd rather see, see IKF at third, even though he's not that great defensively. But I feel more comfortable with him at the plate because he makes contact. Sure, he doesn't hit for power, but at least he's not staring at balls like uh, Donaldson. It's as if he forgot how to play baseball. It's ironic because when they traded for these guys, my first thought was Donaldson's 37, he's injury prone, and he's going to be injured. What's the point of signing him? Meanwhile, he played healthy all year, just couldn't hit the ball. He occasionally hit the ball and he had some big moments, but there were few and far between. And so far in the playoffs, he's done pretty much nothing. And last night was just pathetic. It was pathetic. Swing the bat. At least try to make contact. That's all we need is contact. Harrison Bader becoming A-Rod, apparently, and doing nothing but hitting home runs in the playoffs. Pretty cool. But the Yankees can't rely on the home run ball because you can't just hit home runs and win a series. Now, I know I mentioned yesterday that the 2019 Astros were able to win the ALCS with a 176 batting average which is unbelievable when you think about it. And I joked when they left Aroldis Chapman off the playoff roster that they wouldn't have him in to give up walk-off home runs to the Astros and the Yankees would be in better shape. But the Yankees really need to figure out how to make contact. They need to play the way they were playing in May and June. They need to look at film and figure out what they were doing then when they were winning all those games because they're not doing it now. 
and the same issues that rear their ugly head every year for this team in the playoffs is rearing their ugly head in the playoffs. The lack of offense. Boone not being able to manage a bullpen correctly. It's the same thing year in and year out. This team will not win with Aaron Boone at the helm. They just won't. And they won't win with a roster that's constructed the way it is. Hal and Cashman are always talking about, yeah, no, you know, we can win this year. No, you can't. You cannot win with the way you construct the roster and with the manager you have. You're lying to Yankee fans when you say stuff like this. Some of us see right through it. You don't care. You really don't. If you cared about winning, you would do things so much. You would do things differently. You wouldn't keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, year in and year out. This team should have continuously gone up after 2017 instead of kind of doing this sort of thing. If you're not watching on YouTube, I was making a wave with my hand. And it's just frustrating to know how this team could have and should have been if the Yankees had done things differently. When you're watching Manny Machado and Bryce Harper in the NLCS and thinking to yourself, wow, the Yankees could have had one of those guys. Just one! And it would have been a difference maker. It is so frustrating. And, you know, when you watch Josh Donaldson staring at three pitches in a row, twice, and you're seeing IKF make bad play after bad play and basically causing his team to lose a game in the previous series. Thankfully, the Yankees were able to win those last two games and win the series. But you can't have things like this, Yankees, and think that the fans are going to accept it. We're not. So, game two in Houston, 7.37 on TBS, Framber Valdez against Luis Severino. Again, I'm not worried about Severino. I'm worried about the offense. I'm worried about Boone and his bullpen decisions. Although, he was managing last night as if he were looking ahead to game two, so don't be surprised if you see the good guys tonight. Because there's an off day tomorrow. You know, it's not like he could have used them last night with the off day tomorrow. It's the playoffs. These guys have to be ready. They know they're ready. They know they have to be ready for this. Stop babying these guys. Just throw them out there. Again, Trevino, seven pitches? The one guy you should have had pitch a lot last night, you didn't. And the other guys, you shouldn't, you should, why was Frankie, I'm going to say it again. Why was Frankie Montas in the game? He shouldn't even have been in the game. Okay, before I start repeating myself like Mike Francesa, we're going to end the show. So, same as yesterday. If the Yankees win and I'm in a good mood, we're doing a post game. If the Yankees lose, you're not seeing my face until tomorrow. <laughs> Let me know in the comments how you think the Yankees are going to do. Let me know if you think they're going to win. I hope they can win. That would be nice. Again, a split would be great. But last night, they could have won. That game was winnable, and Aaron Boone made it not be winnable. 
and I'm afraid that that could happen again tonight. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully it won't. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment on YouTube, click the bell so you know when our videos go up. And now that you've made us your first listen, how about making your second listen the Locked On MLB Podcast? MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So, enjoy your Thursday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go Yankees! I'm going to go to the next one.